The Spanish Announce Table. What's up, bitch ass? It's episode 333, triple three, Tom, of the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, and we're live, pal. Yeah. Hey, let's just put you on the spot since we are live. Best three man or three woman faction in pro wrestling history. What is it? What is it? Mm. I got it. What is it? I mean, Shield immediately comes to mind because of recency bias. But when you say three-person, right? I mean, three you know, the Freebirds were, I think, revolutionary in that regard, right? But mm. I also don't know much about mm. them. So I guess I'll default the okay. Shield, right? Okay. You're wrong. Wait, what do it's you got? the New Day. Oh, the New, New day. day. I forgot about New Day. Yeah. yeah. New Day. Yeah. Now, solid. They're solid a little answer. bit, yeah. Now they're a little bit stale, you know, even before they broke oh, up. A little. But yeah, them, huh? Just a little, huh? Just a little, yeah. Um, uh, underrated, the triple threat in ECW. Mm. Chris Candino, Shane Douglas, mm-hmm, Bam Bam mm-hmm, Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Love that. Anyhow, Wyatt family was good. Wyatt family was Wyatt great. Family. Yeah, but I'm going New Day. So hashtag tweet the table with our with your uh, favorite three man or three woman. Because again, you had. Uh, uh, what was that PMS or no? What was uh, the one with uh, Charlotte, Becky, and Paige? They were like initials. They were the submission sorority at first, and people had to like clue yeah, WWE well, into like. No, but it was something else. It was another. It was like PBB or something or anyhow. And then Team Bad, which was Naomi, Sasha, yeah, and Bad. Tamina. Yeah. But anyhow, well, was Melina hashtag- ever in one? Because she was one half of the greatest wrestling match of all time. And Alicia Fox. So were either of them in a three-person tag? Because Alicia I mean, Fox was. She was Team yeah, Bella. She was it, with the Bellas. That's right, Team Bella. Well, and those are two Hall of Famers. Yeah. And one half of the greatest wrestling match of all time. Ah, that's a good, it's a good pick. So hey, hashtag tweet the table since it is episode three thirty-three you with know, your favorite three-person faction in pro I wrestling don't history. I think they acknowledged Foxy Forehead in their Hall of Fame speech. That's a snub bullshit that's a snub you know why though it was because it was, check. they might have but that's a snub. yeah but it was because it was taped and you know because of the pandemic they didn't see the forehead so they didn't well, think of the forehead and, and they don't so, want to, you know. to acknowledge molina that's a no-no in the wwe probably so if they right. bring up one half of the greatest wrestling match of all time it makes yeah, you go the other, the other person. half and then yeah. you know yeah i agree yeah. hey so tim how that's are you uh, I'm great, Tom. I had a birthday this week, uh, and you were there. Uh, I was. I see, my friend. We are, as we discuss what we did briefly before we get into the pro wrestling topics, we're a pro wrestling show, but again, we are the stars of said show, and people want to know, you know, our moms might watch this once in a while, so um, we went out and we shared a dinner, Tom, you and I, and, and our significant others. Uh, mm-hmm. We all got mm-hmm. together at Jasper's Italian Restaurant here. Um, world local, renowned. Yeah, world Jasper. renowned. Very good, very good meal. Uh, Tom picked up the bill on that like a stud because he's, you know, what I mean, he's a he's a swell guy. And then we went to the comedy club at Kansas City across the street with friend of the show, guest of the show, uh, cake bringer of the show uh, for episode our one hundred episode, Dustin Kaufman. Uh, great dude over there. Had a great time watching JC Carias. Um, also, Tom, here's a fun thing I did the day after my birthday on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Uh, the wife and I we went and donated our time for. Our daughter's going to be a senior in high school, so they do these like project graduations, and your you know your kids have all these things, and so we went 
and donated our time at the Johnny's Tavern booth at the opening of the Kansas City Monarchs baseball game. Oh, And kind of really? worked that concession stand there, right, to bank dollars for the, you know. And, boy, that was uh, it was a busy time. And, uh, you know, sling, a lot of people like to fried foods at a baseball game. And yeah. so we did that and watched the – it was 6-1 at one point, and I was like, ugh, Monarchs, not, not doing so well. And I was like – it was, I think, seventh inning. I was like, ah. They hit oh six nothing and they hit a home run. I was like, there it is. I was like, that's the comeback. They're gonna come back and make a run at this thing. And I was joking around, and then we got busy again. I look up, and all of a sudden it's six to five. And I was like, oh well, hell, you know. Uh, and then ninth inning at six five, uh, can't hold on, lose seven to five. But that fun happens. time all around. Did all that. That's so we're venturing back into a post COVID pandemic ish kind of world. Yeah, it, it's it's it feels a little odd. Uh, yeah, so Friday night I joined you for your uh, birthday celebrations at Jasper's in the Comedy Club of Kansas City. Saturday night I worked a fight at the Olathe Convention Center, which was even more uncomfortable, not because I haven't worked Sweat fights factor. during the pandemic, because I have worked oh, fights yeah. during this time period, Okay, but this was the first one where they said, like, you don't need a mask. And I tell you what, everyone was and totally oh, cool with that I part. Know, there's so many of that. And, and so the spacing is starting yeah. to get back. And I know, I like the idea of the six feet spacing. I want to keep that. I do too. Uh, and so that was a little bit uh, tense for me, for me. I was the only one wearing a mask. There was 700 people. I was legitimately the only, no, that's not true. Two paramedics and me yeah. were wearing a mask. That was so it. So we were wearing masks at this thing, right? I think they were still requiring, you know, food, but I mean, we were going to anyway, but most of the patrons were not. And so that one was still... You know, getting used to that. Getting used yep. to that. Yep. But speaking of baseball, Tuesday night, I went to the Kansas City Royals game, uh, as my dogs are very excited big about fan. that. It's big yeah, fan. Huge baseball fans yeah. here in the household. Yeah. Uh, and what was great about that is that – two for yes, that, one for uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. Is that um, it was a uh, limited capacity baseball game. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what – the six feet is great, but limited capacity games are also great. I understand that they will not be making as much money, but for me, I drove right in. I parked. I got out. No one had bumped into me. I got to my seats when I wanted food. I walked down. I waited maybe three minutes, got my food, came back up, watched the ball game. That was great. They're going back to full capacity May 31st, so I won't be going to another game this year, but man, that first one was great. Mm-hmm. But hey, Tim, that was our news. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the big news mm. for AEW. We'll we'll get into our AEW Dynamite recap here in just a moment. But before that, the AEW had some breaking news, uh, as it is as it was announced by Tony Khan himself on I think it was Busted Open Radio. They're moving to TBS. They are. Yeah. So we don't fact check here, and we're not going to read you the press release, but. The, the cliff notes, the highlights, is they're going to be moving to TBS in 2022. They're still going to do four shows a year on TNT. And they're adding a third hour of television, not on YouTube. But here's the kicker. It's not a third hour of Dynamite. It's a brand new show called AEW Rampage. So, Tim, with those highlights now bestowed upon you, what do you think? Are you excited about all this news? Interesting move, right? Yeah, I um, I'm s- the Friday night 
one hour show is an interesting move and, and right after smackdown ends as is currently perfect. slated yeah that's um, perfect yeah boy they're slowly starting to creep into this you know they're kind of leaving the nxt challenge behind and it seems like they're dipping their toes into this a little more i mean tbs is in a lot more homes i believe in the, than tnt so oh okay i mean i believe right tbs is like in most people's to like me, basic cable package i think like yeah I think it's to, like, to me yeah. tbs and tnt at least for my entire viewing you know television viewing experience has always been together it's always been if you have tbs you also have tnt if you have tnt you also have tbs so as far as like for me and a viewing experience it's not going to be much different i'm still going to tune into a channel on you know wednesday night or friday night and watch their program so i'm excited about that uh and apparently the the move was due to that turner picked up nhl and with nhl and the nba going to be on tnt uh, that didn't leave too much room for AEW, so TBS does not necessarily have live programming like TNT, so they're going to be bumped over to there. I think it's a good move for everyone, and that four, yeah, that uh, third hour AEW Rampage Friday night right after SmackDown, I think is a good move because I also think they understand with their YouTube content that you don't need everyone to tune in at this time. You know what exactly. I mean? So a nine o'clock show, especially just for one hour, I think is perfect. And I was so excited that it wasn't a third hour of dynamite because that would have felt like diet raw. And so this was a great move in my opinion. Uh, so kudos to AEW. Uh, so yeah, let's get into AEW dynamite. Let's do it. This was a fun show. I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. All right. So we get it kicked off with Christian cage taking on Matt Seidel Taz was on commentary scouting both Christian Cage and Matt Seidel as uh, team Taz members and also Christian and Matt Seidel will be in the Casino Battle Royal. Tim, what did you think of this first matchup? Uh, good way to start off the show, I think, right? Like uh, we've talked about this, Christian Cage is, all, is never giving you a bad performance. Mm -hmm. and um matt seidel i don't think we we ever think the same thing right i don't think we've ever thought like he's giving you necessarily a bad one albeit he did you know slip the the one time but um so you know it's a good palate you know starter right a little appetizer if you will i thought what i like about the christian cage match experience in 2021 is that because of his age but because of who he is he does this great, like, old man, you know, I'm not as good as I was, but I'll be as good as I've ever been for one night kind of performance each time. So, like, Powerhouse Hobbs, it looked like he had to dig deep and really, you know, go to a moveset that he hasn't uh, done in a while to beat Powerhouse Hobbs. And this one, same kind of thing. He does an homage to Edge by bouncing in the corner to do a spear and does that. And so it was interesting to see that it, it's not just cakewalks for Christian cage as he's going into double or nothing. It's man, son of a bitch. These guys are really good and I have to really be on my a game, but I'm a step slower and I'm a, you know, step older. And so I, I like how Christian cage is formatting. If he, if he is the one that's controlling this, which I think he is controlling the format of the match where he has to really, pull one out in the bottom of the ninth using a baseball analogy to get the victory. And Matt Stadel looked great again. I think he can do really well with the, I can do flips and shit, put me in there with the Lucha bros, or I can give you a, a traditional wrestling match, put me in there with Christian cage. And you're going to get a very uh, enjoyable 
match out of him. So Christian Cage picks up the victory. Post-match, Team Taz comes in. They uh, try to beat up everyone involved. Um, yeah, you know, uh, well, Ricky, Star- Ricky Starks. Starks. So there, I mean, you yeah, know, so Ricky Starks neck, comes out. That was it. Offline, I was trying to talk about what happened that we would have talked about last week. Oh, yes, Ricky yes. Ricky Starks broke his neck slightly, maybe. It sounds like he's not... You know what I mean? In dire straits, not like he's able to walk around, obviously, without a neck brace and whatnot, yeah. but he's out of action for a while. Yeah, he's out of action, but he does have something wrong with his neck. Uh, but as we saw on Dynamite, he was able to walk out, cut a promo, and then Team Taz comes out. Highlight of this segment, though, as Team Taz and Christian Cage and Matt Seidel are all brawling, uh, the Dark Order, or no, excuse me, the Dark. Did the Dark Order come out? I don't remember. Um, no, no, but, yeah. no, no, I don't think they did. They didn't. They came out later with uh, Sting and Darby Allen. That's what it was. But the the moment of the night was Hangman Page legitimately did a hold my beer. Yeah, this was. Funny. I'm gonna go kick their ass. Yeah, Thought that unwilling was such like a he great... just shoved it into his chest. And he like just walks out with his frilly shirt and just starts whooping some ass. God, that is such a cool little detail in an otherwise just you know brawl pull apart knockdown drag out fight that was just so much fun i really enjoyed that that was fun uh so yeah we had the uh, team taz uh celebrating the ring because they got one over on uh page and cage and sidel and, and so there we go we we got some steam going into double or nothing's casino battle royal after this we go backstage which that's going to be a theme i felt like this episode had uh Promo heavy, I would say. Promo heavy for Definitely, a dynamite episode. Again, some can be. You know, I don't need. Yeah, and that's fine, right? Bell to Switch bell, it up a little bit. All the way, you know, flips and shit. Definitely. So, uh, going backstage, we hear from the Varsity Blondes. Pillman Jr.'s given a very um, heartfelt. You know, the Young Bucks used to be something to me. Now they've obviously, you know, turned a different. Uh, style whatever it was it, the young bucks were cool but now they're not and uh they were Griffin nice to says me, but the now they're not nice to me more right and so and good this this was a good promo it was very good one thing that i will say because i also heard this from eddie kingston and i also heard this from john moxley it, it, look if the young bucks are heels then stop telling me at one time they were cool Fucking just be mad at them because they're heels. You don't always have yeah. to tell me how great they were to you backstage. Then I know they're just troubled souls, and I'm not going to hate them as much. If they're dirty, yeah. rotten fucks who were like, you know, used you. Like, you, you tell that story, and then you say, and then we realize they ran off with our cut of the, of the, what they promised us and didn't fucking pay us for our time to be there slinging their fucking shirts, right? Like, you don't, yeah. That's yeah, that's where you would come in. But they I just feel like there's this theme with the Young Bucks heel run where they were so good to me three years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. I hate them. I don't want to hear yeah, how this, this isn't the Hogan good heel people. turn, guys. Like we have. Yeah. You get the fuck out of here. But uh, nonetheless, they said they will not stop until they become tag team champions later on. The night. They are in the main event varsity blondes versus the young bucks for the tag team championships. But after the commercial break, we get Moxley and Kingston, uh, saying they're going to make a dent in the tag team division. They cut a promo before they take on the acclaimed R- my line of the night. I thought was John Moxley's like, who are these guys? And, uh, Kingston goes, well, it's a rapper. And then the rapper's friend. And I, <laughs> 
Because because as you guys know, uh, who have listened, uh, we forget his name sometimes yeah, it's too. That guy, it's that. Yeah, it's the it's the rapper's friend. Um, yeah. But we get John Moxley. Guy. He's the hype guy, of course. So we get John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Acclaim. Uh, before the match starts, though, the Acclaim Max Caster says that Eddie Kingston looks like uh, uh, a box a of, of Newports. Newports. Yeah, yeah, pack of Newports. Uh, he said, mentions- "Why you dress like it's 2004? You look like a box of Newports." <laughs> that was a great yeah. line. Oh, great line. God. And then John Moxley, they sh- they shoot to John Moxley, and he's like, "You kind of do." And he's like, "Yeah, I mean you." And then because Eddie Kingston is such a hothead, when they turn their attention to John Moxley, John Moxley, if you saw, actually had to put his hands over Eddie Kingston's ears so he wouldn't hear the the, uh, the disses. But man, Max Caster mentions the oral sessions, uh, which is Renee Paquette's, uh, John Moxley's wife's uh, podcast. And then they're like, why? Why? Oral sessions. She wants us on the podcast thought that was great really fun way to lead into this match the acclaim versus john moxley and eddie kingston tim what were your thoughts on this match well sure and i mean the match wasn't destined to be like a a five-star classic in dave Meltzer's eye of course you know uh, but i think it did its job right again they it wasn't a squash match but it did enough to show like moxley and kingston just beat the shit out of the third ranked team and with with most ease you know what i mean like not the most ease but with pretty much not a whole lot of challenge so um interesting i thought this was a pretty cool match uh for a couple of reasons one right when uh bowen is bowens is gonna say aw you know boom john moxley hits him with a straight right to the jaw yeah. and we just get the like we're not fucking around anymore and so we get into the match and then Moxley, it was really cool to see, like, there was a couple times where he messed up, where he was on the wrong side of the ring, and then the Acclaim, who are the real, more traditional tag team, are able to, you know, cut him off, uh, not let him get to Eddie Kingston and work him over a little bit. There was also some really cool moves with, like, that suplex with Bowens then doing a cross body. So I really like that, even though Moxley and Kingston did come in here to, you know, kick and punch everything in sight the acclaim did look like a third rank contender in the AEW tag team division so oh sure uh, really yeah. excited to see how they did yeah and, and that's then what i said was not to necessarily say like oh, they beat him up and made him look made it look well easy but i think that's what we kind of thought it, that's what i'm saying i think right. we kind of thought okay well we're gonna get john moxley and eddie kingston hitting every back fist and paradigm shift that they can think of and then that gets the victory and then young bucks you better watch out and we got that a little bit where john moxley and eddie kingston do pick up the victory here but the acclaim were able to show that they're the more traditional uh well-seasoned tag team although they were on the losing end so after john moxley and eddie kingston get the victory we'd go backstage again and we see dean malenko yeah it's dean malenko and chris jericho just hanging out backstage Really cool to see Dean Malenko. This is a great thing that AEW can do because they can always just say, hey, here's Arn Anderson. Hey, here's Dean Malenko. Hey, here's Jerry Lynn. And just throw any of them just backstage in a segment. Uh, so it was really cool to see uh, Dean Malenko in there. The purpose of this was just to say, hey, Chris Jericho, you're going to accept the victory or you're going to accept the match against the pinnacle. And he's like, you'll hear from me later. So thought that was interesting. Uh after that, we get a promo in the ring. Tony Schiavone mm. interviews Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. 
who had the loudest shirts I've ever seen in a pro wrestling ring. Tim, what did you think first off of their attire and then this promo? Uh, they looked like the guys that you last remember speaking to before you don't remember anything else about the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. These guys looked, yeah, that was an interesting look, but it fits for a heels, you know, and that's an easy way for some guys to go out as heels too, like find a shitty shirt and just throw it on, right? And go out there and flex a little bit. Um, good, but I still, you know, I like that they gave a little bit of a reasoning behind why they're doing what they're doing, albeit somewhat flimsy. It still feels like, it feels like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are doing their best with not much. I agree. So let's get into this. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, they do say Sting from Scorpio Sky says, Sting, step aside. You were my favorite when you were a kid, uh, but now you, you know, it's my time. Okay. And then Ethan Page just says, I'm going to be the nail in your coffin, Darby Allen. And I just don't, I don't understand this, Tim. And this is what I don't understand. I can get the reasoning, even though it feels played out of, Hey, old man, step aside. It's my time now. Tried and true pro wrestling uh, 101 right there for you. And I'm okay with it. But now this is the second storyline in a row for Darby Allen where it's just a, a heel or a bully just going, I don't like you. And if you keep doing this with Darby Allen, I'm going to start to think maybe Darby Allen is the fucking person who I shouldn't like. And the bullies are actually right. Cause there's a lot of people talking to me about how Darby Allen is a piece of shit. Cause I got team Taz. So I got Ricky Starks, Brian cage, powerhouse Hobbs hook and Taz. Now I got Scorpio sky and Ethan page all telling me that Darby Allen is a piece of shit and I don't know him. So is he? Cause the narrative is starting to paint him in a different light. And so all I'm saying is these are fine to get us to double or nothing, but I'd like to see a little bit more creativity with why we don't like Darby Allen. Why do, why does this heel not like Darby Allen? We got to yeah. get more than just, he wears face paint. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, it's uninspiring to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. So the lights go out. Sting makes his entrance coming out waddling, which isn't a great look when Scorpio sky says you need to step aside and him and Darby Allen come out and they're beating up uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And then the Dark Order comes out and, and hey, there we go. And one thing that I liked about this at the very end is make Sting the godfather of all the weirdos. I, I think, he, you know, AEW is the place where stables are made. Give Sting the Dark Order, Darby Allen, uh, Joey Janela, all these outcasts, you know, people who don't fit any mold, Sting will guide them to their victories. You know what could be a fun one is we get down the road a little bit, Jurassic Express breaks up, and Sting is mentoring a little unsure of himself, Luchasaurus. Yeah, exactly. And or just keep them, keep Luchasaurus to, or keep uh, Jurassic Express together. Put them in the weird mobile. Luchasaurus, right? Yeah, He's just the crow. The crows are right, right just, there, weren't they? I don't know. We don't fact Yeah, just here. load up this weirds mobile, put them all in there, and have Sting driving that weirds mobile bus all around. Yeah. Now let's get into another uh, promo here, and this one's good. I like this one a lot. Pinnacle are at a restaurant. Oh, God, yeah. And MJF is cutting down Jericho saying how lame his jokes are. And we're getting the same 
high level, very entertaining promo from MJF. Then it goes over to um, FTR one. Uh, FTR one. I wasn't for sure if it's FTR one or FTR two. So thank you, Tim, for that. Uh, FTR ones. Uh, yeah. Q stick or yeah. Q ball over here yep. was cutting them down and saying like, yeah, you son of a bitch, which he was doing great too. He was great also promo. saying like, he impressed promo. me a lot. Over the, I like the forming of the pinnacle too. Yeah. Yeah. I like him a lot. I don't know his name. Cause I always forget it, but FTR one, uh, FTR one. Yeah. FTR one did amazing. But while FTR one, is cutting this promo, the wine needs to be refilled. Well, that's the theme, right? They're all asking for wine, right? They're down it, and the guy can't get it fast enough. And so, yeah, the waiter comes out. I think he pours MJF's first. Then he goes over to FTR1 and pours his. And all the while, Sean Spears is like, give me my fucking drink. And he loses his shit and beats the hell out of this waiter and leaves him for dead essentially and tolly blancher just goes hey this will cover it and yeah. throws money at him <laughs> which think if you're that person who if, if you got roughed up a little bit right like what do you do he slammed his head on the table yeah a couple times gave him a how's your father i think and then like you mm-hmm. know like he said didn't leave him for dead necessarily but like threw him off like you could go and be like fuck this i'm suing whoever you know what i mean like run this but th- then they go hey, hey, hey fucking hey. yeah go here, buy some here. weed and fucking get out of here yeah. you know and you're yeah. like all right, I'll go fucking do that. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, that's all I was gonna do anyway. So, yeah, I'm gonna um, buy, you know, yeah, I'm gonna buy a a, a package of frozen peas and put go, my uh, bruises. Go pay to your late phone here. bill and buy a fucking ounce, and, and we'll be yeah. cool. All right, everyone be, we'll cool. be cool. Everybody'll be fine. Yeah, I like this promo a lot um, for that reason. Right, it, it felt very. We'll we'll cover this too on a later backstage promo. Yes, there was a lot of backstage promos, but they all have some differences they're not the same wash rinse repeat it's not right persons and interview like wwe does like they all had a different bit of a setting this was they were in a restaurant it felt like a mob declaration that we're we're coming for your heads this time we've had enough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know what i mean like look you've got us on edge and we're like we've got to wash this or else our anxiety is going to kill us so um this was done really well so do you think this is going to be a new wrinkle in the Sean Spears character where he's the loose cannon in the pinnacle? I hope so. I hope so because he could use something, right? Yeah, I think I think, I think, think it's a perfect uh, – if anyone's going to be the wild man loose cannon, I think Sean Spears is the perfect person to do that because Wardlow is going to be your ominous big muscle – I can fuck you up at any second. I don't say much, but when I do say something, you're going to listen – Obviously, MGF is going to be the leader, the the talking head of the group. And then you have tag team. And then you got your, you know, senior leadership from Tully. So, Sean Spears, like you said, he needs something. And I like this. I like that Wardlow had to, like, kind of calm down Sean Spears. And essentially, it looked like Wardlow's like, man, he did this again. God damn it. You know? And the way Tully threw that money seems like he's done that before for Sean Spears. So, I like this. Let's get more psycho Sean. Uh, let's not make it a caricature. I still want him to be in suits and still, you know. Well, yeah, but he just like has a little bit of a short temper. Anybody right. bothers him. Says but I don't want thing. him to be. Yeah, like I don't fucking... want him to be like Brian Pillman in the Heart Foundation, no. where it was like all one kind nope. of theme, and then Brian just Pillman was kind of this weird slightly, guy. Slightly, occasionally, when somebody tits him off, like he just kind of gives him a fucking hockey check into the mm-hmm. stairwell, and then they're like, "God damn it, where the fuck did the limo driver go?" And he'd be like, "Call a new one." We don't need yeah. that guy, you know. 
Yes. Right? And then yeah. Tully's like, God damn it, doling out mm-hmm. hundies on this guy. Yeah, I love it. This is uh, this is a great uh, new uh, chapter in the Sean Spears character development. So now let's move on. We got back into the ring with a woman, women's world title eliminator, it was called, champion Hikaru Shida taking on Rebel. And this was the biggest miss of the night, in my opinion. Tim, what did you think before I guess back about my opinion? Um, Rebel impressed me. I didn't realize Rebel, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was mm-hmm. really impressed with Rebel's work, and, and I yeah, I agree with you. I, I think so, so. so this is why I didn't like it uh, that much, is one, Rebel is very good. You know, she had her matches and her stint in TNA, so we, if you paid attention, you knew that she could wrestle, right? But if we're going down this Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker are in a collision course, I felt like Rebel was being too much of a yuck, 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 yuck. And it was like the comedy didn't fit for what we're trying to tell. And then again, I said this last week and I was wanting it to be this for this week, but Shida just looked like chopped liver. It was again, Britt Baker looks like queen shit and that's fine but man i i don't like to use the word berry but it feels like you're burying Sheeta to just say Britt baker's so fucking cool unless we're gonna have something where Britt baker doesn't win this which i, I can't fathom so but. they did they did announce on dynamite that on friday night they got a special aw dynamite episode and they're going to celebrate the one-year championship reign of Hikaru Shida. Now, this is your last chance. You got to do something to where Britt Baker seems afraid, seems petrified, second-guessing herself into the title match because this and everything before it was just Britt Baker is the bully that is stuffing Shida in lockers and walking away laughing, and Shida's not doing anything really to combat that so she does pick up the victory here but then post-match Britt baker gives her a curb stomp onto the world championship nice touch i like that, was that a nice right touch. right this is the last time you're gonna see Tied this motherfucker yeah. yeah got it loved it uh so again sheeta you gotta you gotta look sh- i hate to say these pro wrestling buzzwords and strong maybe isn't the the right word here but you got to look like you're going to kick the girl's ass because right now you look like a punk, you know? So you got one last, one last chance next Friday as you celebrate your uh, one-year title reign. But, Sheeta, I know you're listening. Let's do something, okay? Let's, let's hit a home run on this last go-home show. But let's get back to last night's episode. We go backstage, and Kenny Omega confronts Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy nursing... Um, an injury. I believe this was a uh, confrontation from the previous week after Orange Cassidy suffered his uh, his concussion because I didn't remember him being in action on Dynamite, so I don't know why he was having an ice pack and a doctor look at him. So I believe this was from the previous from week. The previous week, but they didn't do a good job of saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a tad confused, but I think I you know I put two and two together. So the gist of this is Kenny Omega says, "Hey." Orange Cassidy, you can totally get a world championship title match. Totally. 
just wouldn't it be cool if it was one-on-one? So maybe sign this contract and fuck off with this triple well, threat? Yeah, so this was great. I mean, so he comes in and Kenny Omega's like, look, we care about you. I mean, this is mm-hmm. just this is an executive vice president talking like and Don Callis does the whole he's like, look, sometimes you guys gotta you gotta step in and protect talent from themselves you know what i mean he's like because you're a warrior you want to go but sometimes somebody's got to tell you not to you know what i mean um i love all of that god and this is again it's another setting right it's different setting they're back in the, the again we're mm-hmm. watching like a live world and universe exists and it's not just match our 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 interview tent and then we move on mm-hmm. right like we're following mm-hmm. these people around and that's where you build storylines so like we discussed character work but where the writing comes in is these kind of things. You need storylines that we can follow. Like this is, you know what I mean? This is tying loose ends together. This is these kind of things. And I like why they did that here with, uh, they're like, look, you know, you'll get a championship down the road when you're better, you know, but it's, it's not even non-committal. Like it's just like at some point and I love, mm-hmm. yeah, how then Orange Cassidy just takes it. And just slowly rips it, right? And they're like, oh, what are you doing? No, nah, don't do that. And you then didn't even read it. Yeah, yeah, you didn't even read it. Well, and then when he goes to, like, starts to rip it again, he's like, all right, okay. Like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the best thing, too. That, like, Callus is a shitbag, sleazy heel, but he's also, like, like he's not, not with it, right? Like, he's not yeah. out of touch. Like, he realizes he's he's pulling a fast one. And so, yeah. he fight, oh, God, I loved it, man. I loved all that. And I, they played exactly that. Like, if you've ever been around a boss where – they play that like we're a family, and you're like, motherfucker, you are lying right now, and you know you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you even think? Like, you're insulting my intelligence to say this shit. He plays that so well, um, and I liked it. I like where that went. I liked it. I mean, again, it was a little bit of a filler because nothing. There's no necessarily extension of anything. Like, there's no new twist here. I think that we're building off, but I think it just did good building of, you know, like goddamn, I really don't like those guys. I hope Orange Cassidy gets one over on him. And I like that it showed that Kenny Omega is trying to use different angles to get out of a triple threat match where he is approaching Orange Cassidy and doing, like you said, the, hey, you need to be at 100% for this match. So why don't we just have you and me do this match at a different time? And to your point, one thing that uh, they are doing really good, AEW that is, is using all of their space. So you do go backstage to uh, the doctor's area, or you're in the ring cutting a promo, or you're doing a backstage uh, just promo tent, or you're in a restaurant with the pinnacle. So I agree with you. That was really uh, done well where we're using all the space of getting these stories advanced. Speaking of promos, after the commercial break, Chris Jericho makes his entrance with the rest of the inner circle, and the crowd is singing Judas as they do. Uh, getting a little, I don't know. I'm excited to sing it again. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to see it, sing it again, but maybe while we're in Jacksonville, we can just stop. And then when we travel, get it back going because it kind of is getting a little tired. Anyhow, the inner circle, they all say like, you know what I want? I want to fight. We get every version of I want to fight. Even Jake Hager tried. Huh? Jake Hager tried to talk. That was something. And then we get to Chris Jericho. And he's saying, was it worth it going through all this stuff? Of course it is. And you're going to have to kill us to beat us. And at Stadium Stampede, the inner circle is coming to take you to hell or whatever and dance on your graves. So not not a lot happening here. What I will say, though, 
you told me that the blood and guts match was going to take years off these guys' lives. And it was so brutal and it was so, you know, career altering yet. No one's missed any fucking time. Everyone showed up the next week. Everyone showed up the week after. I feel like we're kind of rushing this inner circle pinnacle storyline to get to double or nothing. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I mean, it does. I know they don't do pay-per-views every month, right? So they, they kind of have to, when the pay-per-view shows up, get as much shit in there as possible. But I just feel like specifically with Chris Jericho, you gotta, and I feel like a broken record, so I apologize, but you gotta make me miss you a little bit because you're on every fucking week and you tell me, Every cool thing you've done, and everything has been cool. I'm not saying anything has been amiss, but like this promo, in my opinion, was not needed. We did not need to have the inner circle just say, "We want to fight." We knew that. Well, and especially you know? later, since like what they did the card thing later to accept the match, like the the cue cards with with Sam. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. But like the where the pinnacle cut a promo, and we got oh, crap, we think maybe Sean Spears is the crazy one in this group. The inner circle just did the, we all want to fight. We all knew that. So I thought it was fine. They didn't do bad. It wasn't not entertaining, but we could have maybe skipped this. Another thing, in my opinion, maybe we can skip is backstage, Tony Schiavone, in a different promo setting, like your point, Tim. Tony Schiavone is backstage with Jade Cargill, and Mark Sterling comes up and he's like, Hey, I don't want you to be on, you know, team Sterling. I want to be on team Jade. And then she's just like, Hey, you don't interrupt me. Exit stage left. <sighs> I talked about this last week. I still don't get it. I, I What like, are we doing? This is where they're going. He's going to be her manager and that's fine. He seems good from, you know, the mm-hmm. few bits we've oh, got. Like, he, he seems awesome. He seems, he seems like he's going to work. Yeah. And I like what he said to her, like, hey, look, they're trying to like, I'm not you're not going to work for me. I'm going to work for you, which is classic manager mm-hmm. type move. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I, you know, what? I, I like that she's getting her feet under her, too, though, on the promo work. Like she's able to, like, handle her own there. It looked and she was like, the fuck out of here. And then she was like, who mm-hmm. the fuck is this guy? <laughs> right? Like, or whatever she said. So I mean, it's not bad. I just think that's where we're going. I just think, like, then hit it. Like, we've seen enough. Let's get there. So. Let me propose this little change that I thought mm-hmm. of as soon as the segment was over is each week we're either getting Jade Cargill cutting, you know, uh, uh, an edited version of a promo saying like, I don't need anyone. I'm that bad bitch. Or we're getting Tony Schiavone asking her questions. And then essentially she just says, I'm that bitch, right? Flip the script, have Tony Schiavone on the request of Mark Sterling interview him. And he is making the plea to Jade Cargill, look, you're the number one girl in AEW. You're the fastest rising star. I think the world of you, you know, I can do so many great things for you. And then have Jade come go, come in and be like, who is this? Who, who are, get out of here. But it was just the same, kind of like what we do with Sting, where Sting walks out in snow and then does something slow. Uh, we need Jade Cargill to be presented a little bit differently, in my opinion. But that is my opinion. Yeah. So, 
Let's get into what I thought was the match of the night. A non-AEW match. The NWA World's Women's Heavyweight, or I guess not heavyweight, the NWA World's Women's Championship, Serena Deeb versus Red Velvet. Now, before we get into this match, Tim, I'm not that smart. Some would say I have the mind of a drunk baby. Some have said that. So with that being said, NWA is back in business. Yeah, they got I watched shows a going. little bit of power this week. I did. I watched a little bit of it. Yep. Fantastic. Love it. What the fuck are we doing on Dynamite? No, but I'm glad we are because it was a great match. Serena Deeb it was, was fantastic. On a great match every time I watch oh, her. It was, yeah, Serena Deeb did amazing, and that finish where she's driving her fucking knee and making Red Velvet yes. feel like she went through a car wreck. Thought it was perfect. Thought it was great. But what? <laughs> like I don't. What and why is only the women's championship that I'm seeing from NWA? If you have a partnership, cool. I'm gonna bet you have a heavyweight champion. Why isn't Kenny Omega going after that guy? I'm gonna bet you have tag team champions. We see the fucking Good Brothers. Why aren't the NWA tag team coming into AEW? You know, fucking shit up. So I just, huh? <laughs> That's how I felt going into this, uh, into this match. Again, match of the night. Serena Deeb, any style. She she feels like what Christian Cage is to the men's side of AEW's roster, where whatever kind of match you need, she's going to give you. Obviously, she's a little bit more athletic than Christian, but, man, she is just smooth what, as butter. What I, what came to mind for me was uh, more of Hardcore Holly before he got super jacked, right? But, like, when mm-hmm. he was always the guy that would go in there and just, like, you'd watch, you'd be like, God damn, <laughs> this guy is... Is putting in work, hammering these folks. That's what Sam, uh, Serena Deeb feels like. The only time I watch it, I'm like, "Ooh, this is this is stiff without mm-hmm. feeling like it's you know what I mean, like it's bloody or anything like that." I mean, it's good. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And, and to, to further my point here, just a little bit is uh, what I mean is like if you want to speed it up and you know hit the ropes, Serena Deeb can do that with you all night. Or if you want to slow it down and do you know, a British strong style type of match where we're getting submission based moves. She can do that. So I just think she's the most versatile uh, woman, I guess on the AW roster. Again, I don't know where she is because she's in the AW rankings, but she's the NWA world champion. Why isn't anyone else in the NWA a contender for the TNT championship or the heavyweight championship? It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it, but I try not to think too hard. So, after Serena Deeb, Serena Deeb picks up the victory, Pac is backstage with Marvez, and he says, I'm tired of being cheated out of my opportunity. What fools against the bastard. What is fool what bets I wrote. against the bastard. Yeah, what fool no, bets. No. That I wrote I wrote it wrong. What fool yeah. bets against the bastard. That should be a T-shirt. Yeah, he Maybe did say, what be. fool bets against the bastard now, huh? Yeah, Marvez. Hey, fucking dork. Yeah, you yeah. fucking dork. That was a perfect person to interview Pac, too. Mm-hmm. A fucking dork like Marvez. Because yeah. it makes Pac seem even more yeah. menacing. Although, did you catch, to backtrack a little bit on the um, on the uh, Jade Cargill one, uh, Mark Sterling still got to dig in on Shivani, right? It's like, mm-hmm. mm, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're getting yeah. interviewed by Tony Shivani. Why aren't like you doing a sit-down with, with JR? Yes. God, that was funny. Yeah. 
motherfucker goddamn yeah it was great uh but Pac, you know what what fool bets against the bastard i wrote that wrong so <laughs> like i said mind of a drunk baby then after the commercial break we get into anthony agogo versus austin gun credits austin and he comes out guns a blazing uh does a shotgun drop kick to anthony agogo into the corner but this was the anthony agogo show agogo looked great got a little blood the hard way maybe and then the coolest way, especially I hope it happens for him because, you know, if you watch his boxing career, he has knockouts. But we end this on just a punch to the ribs mm. and we're done. We're done. We ain't doing the match anymore. And I love that. Let's have that be his gimmick. I hope he goes over on Cody this way with a body blow. He ain't, yeah. ain't going to win. But a body blow to Cody. And we get that victory. Like, I get that like Cody Rhodes will probably have a little bit more offense than did Austin Gunn. But I wouldn't hate if Cody Rhodes didn't get much. But didn't we already do that with Cody Rhodes? Who did he lose to that way? MJF. Yeah. I think so. Nah, somebody Something. yeah, somebody like somebody beat him quick, right? Oh, well, the squash match, it's the only squash match in AEW history, is when he lost the TNT championship uh to Brody Lee. Brody right. Lee beat the fuck that out of him. That was the one. Now, that so, was a yeah. little bit different. So, I don't uh, think we'll go maybe necessarily that bad, yeah. but, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Cody Rhodes gets a little offense in, a go-go gets the stomach, right? Cody Rhodes is basically has no offense for five minutes while he's gathering himself from the brutal blow, mm -hmm. then might get a little bit in, right? But, like, overall in the match, we're like, damn, a go-go really put it to him. I hope – a go-go's body blow turns into the AEW version of Randy Orton's RKO, where when it gets hit, it's done. We're, we're, we're done. Like, turn off the lights, take kids home. We're fucking done here because Anthony Gogo got his body blow in. Like, that's what I want to happen. I don't think, again, we'll get into our picks next week. Um, I don't know if we're going to get that from Anthony Gogo, but huge fan. After the match, he grabs the American flag. Cody snatches it away. Uh, then the factory leaves that look, uh, you know, I understand we're in America and we always get the America first thing. So maybe we're a little bit more beat over the head than other places, uh, or maybe international fans who are watching this, but I'm just exhausted with the, my border is better than your border. I don't fucking care. My dirt's better than your dirt. Yeah, my dirt over here is better than your dirt over there. I don't care. Stupid I had British no choice folks. in this. <laughs> like, why do yeah. you hate that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had legitimately, why would I be proud of something I had no choice in? I do not give a fuck. <laughs> like, obviously, I'm happy that we have certain freedoms that other places don't. I'm not trying to say I'm not grateful, but I don't take pride. Mm. We I'm also not, rank 17th on the World Freedom Rank Index. So well, you understand what I'm saying. You know, well, there's that. We yeah. Could, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, I just, I don't understand. And again, we've done past episodes, so we won't go too much into this. But all else, all I will say is, I've never understood any human being taking pride in things they had no control over, being proud of where your mom gave birth to you, giving proud of the pigmentation on your skin, uh, all of that stuff. I just don't, I don't understand that. But, but let's get into the most intriguing segment. I thought of the night SCU is backstage with the dork more Marvez and Daniels ignores Marvez's question. Marvez is like, no hey, sells it. 
Christopher Daniels, what are we going to do? And if you watched Being the Elite, which I wouldn't recommend doing every week, but this week you definitely should have, at least the first segment, Christopher Daniels cuts a promo that damn near made me cry. Yeah. Laying this old body down, talks about Dusty Rhodes at a certain time in his career, and he said those words, and now he's older than when Dusty was at that time, and should he be doing that? And then he just goes to walk out the door, falls, just collapses into sadness and cries right next to the door, finally gathers himself and then walks out. Well, oh, well, and not even crying. Like he went into like child trauma mode and was like, mm-hmm. like, can I just stay like just a little yeah. longer? Like he's fighting his own internal, God. you know what I mean? Battle right for your eyes. And, and, you know, I went off on a diatribe, I think with this with the, in the, in the, in our private messages here, but I was like, this is what we mean when we say moves don't matter. Like I've never felt existential dread, about my own mortality and my own life ending from a fucking super kick. Like no flip ever did that. But yet Christopher Daniels, not even on your wrestling program made me instantly more interested in anything that follows in this storyline. Yeah. I, I wish, and maybe they'll do it on this special episode of dynamite or maybe on dark or elevation, but that promo needs to be seen by more people than just being the elite. It was spectacular spectacular i honestly if it was on a uh, on television you know like uh dynamite i would say it's the promo of the year you can't really you know damn thing would deserve an emmy it It was was so good so good good. so it might not have been a whole lot of acting that's what i'm saying perfect it was chef's kiss oh the chef's kisses kiss of the week that christopher daniels promo definitely make time to watch it uh, but let's get back to Dynamite. So Marvez says, hey, Christopher Daniels, what are you going to do? He says, get the fuck out of here, dork. And then he whispers like it's uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson in that one movie with Bill Murray. I forget what it's called, but remember when she like says something and we don't know what it is? And that's how the movie ends. Uh, I can't remember the fucking movie. We don't fact check here. There's it's so like many that. Bill Murray movies. Yeah, but it, it won an, the Oscar for like Best Picture. I'll look it up later. Yeah, Anyhow. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't remember yeah. the name of it, but yeah. So Daniels ignores Marvez, says something to Kazarian, hugs him, leaves. Gives him the old handshake, like the whole, like, meet you down the road. Oh, this was good. This was good. And then Frankie Kazarian goes down this Liam Neeson taken storyline and just says, like, you motherfuckers, the elite, I'm taking you out one by one and that is the gospel according to frankie kazarian yeah he said he said like he said things like he was like i consider each one of you responsible he was like Mm -hmm. he's like i'm not gonna rest till i find each of you and and you're gonna know hurt you're gonna know suffering you're gonna know what it feels like he said i will get my recompense (laughs) i think like hell or high water what yeah dude he was again off of that one promo of that raw emotion that he was able to tap into, I am now more interested in a Frankie Kazarian storyline than I have ever been and probably ever will be. Oh, it's yeah. If we can go down that like mercenary storyline with him, if that's I, how the elite I, gets weakened to where like somebody gets to take them out and finally take the title back because one by one Kazarian had like oh, stinged them from the damn right. from the shadows. 
but he can't but he can't like that's that's how the story ends is the elite are too much for kazarian and that he, he tried he died trying yes like that's how he has to end this story arc but what i don't want from frankie kazarian is to see him on dark next week i think we need to position him not like dexter loomis where he's the boogeyman and he'll just take like austin theory like how dexter loomis took austin theory and just like you know like ah, i captured you not like that i'm not saying that way but i'm saying backstage segments you know we're all celebrating our you know retaining of the tag team championships da, 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 da. carl anderson's missing what happened to carl anderson no one fucking knows we saw frankie kazarian for a Strung moment up in the boiler room yeah we saw frankie kazarian for a moment and now we don't see carl anderson we saw a hooded figure yeah that's where we get this like i'm taking you all out and then then saw you can build up with on a spray this. tan yeah exactly no, yeah it was, it was uh, kazarian I'm interested in this. Let's let's go. Oh, or it's wait. Trump at so, a KKK rally. Hey yo! All right. Hey yo! All right. Hey, as you mentioned uh, before, we get into our commercial break. Sammy Guevara comes out and says nothing. Shows the flashcards about the Pinnacle and Stadium Stampede too. So that happened. That wasn't like during the picture in picture either, right? Like that was like. Yeah, that's his thing. You know, know, he did like, the whole cards. I don't. You know. You already had your promo time. I uh, yeah. It felt, it felt like, hey, Kazarian maybe went short because he got lost in the emotions. We need to fill twenty five seconds. I got cards, you know. Man, that's the, what. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I think maybe that's it. Could have been, but after the commercial break, we get another banger of a promo from Miro. Oh, Miro makes yeah, his entrance, and uh, I love this. Both of these he, guys. Yeah, but. <laughs> I I audibly laughed out loud. L O L when he said, I want to thank Jesus Christ for giving him strength. And then I want to thank Jesus Christ for allowing me to beat the shit out of all these people. Obviously he didn't say that, I'm paraphrasing. Right. But I just love that he's like, Thank you, Jesus, for blessing me. And thank you, Jesus, for giving me this terror. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. Yes, oh, uh, I love that. Yeah, he's talking to Smack, and then out comes Jake and, and Lance Archer. And Lance Archer's promo is probably one of the best I've seen out of him, if not ever. I mean, he leans into it, and he's like, he was like, even when you were trying to have a day to your own somewhere, the little dig at the Rusev day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like uh, Miro right back with his comebacks, right? Where he was like, he was like, you got this old man to to hold you back and he's like yeah do hold him back and then i love when he was like you're right everybody dies but i insist it's you first god that was great god that was great <laughs> that was great that is a great line yeah i love it and then yeah the jake the snake if you get involved there won't be enough yoga to save yes, your ass or god. however he said that thought that was great <laughs> that jake yeah. too he was fucking rolling. <laughs> yeah you tell you didn't expect me. that one that was good uh yeah, I cannot wait. Like I said, they they teased this as soon as Miro won the TNT Championship over Darby Allen, and I got excited. Then they did this amazing segment with both guys cutting, you know, top tier promos, and so I am just thrilled to see the Murder Hawk Monster versus the Best Man at Double or Nothing. I cannot. Oh, it could be the match I'm most excited for. To be honest, I think the I think the uh, the stadium stampede is going to be the most fun, but maybe match of the night is going to be Miro and, and uh, 
Lance Archer here. Uh, I want to give a shout out uh, to anybody watching us live. And by anybody, I mean Jeremy Smith. He's the only hey. one as he chimed in on, on, on the chat right here. And he says, I am your only viewer. You're welcome. And thanks. You know, we figured we might have at least got the two. Um, and maybe we'll get there. But we're new to this live thing. We don't even know how to promote it very well. So tell yeah. us how we're doing. Chime in. You know what I mean? Yeah, Give us some it, suggestions. Um, suggestions help. Uh, consistency help. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim wanted to go at a certain time, and I said, I can't. <laughs> so we can't promote that. Yeah. So, we have lives and shit. But yeah. we are live in these lives. We are live, we're pal. We're live, yeah, pal. No, no editing here. So mm-hmm. let's get back to Dynamite. We get the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. The Young Bucks taking on the Varsity Blondes. And if you follow us on Twitter, at Table Show, while I live tweet uh, during AEW Dynamite, the commentator said, well, what is on Nick Jackson's head? And I said, whatever the fuck it is, it's meant to hide the receding hairline because that's all he's wearing these fucking fun hats for. So suck it, Young Bucks. I don't care what the fuck you're wearing. I know why you're doing it. Anyhow, Young Bucks, Varsity Blondes, in our main event. Tim, what'd you think? Uh, oh, forgive me. I'm over here on the chat now. Look, I can't even focus because I'm chatting oh with our fan, oh parentheses S. Uh, he said, you know, you had to at one point, but that person is a quitter. So, you know. No, it happens. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but the the Varsity Blondes, I, I like. That's where we're at, right? Yes, varsity, varsity Blondes, Blondes, Young Bucks. Check my notes. I mentioned yep, how Varsity Blondes. Um, yeah, no, Varsity Blondes. I, I, I like this. I like the promo earlier, and, and I like this here. I like that they've got a cheerleader now. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. Uh, something. I don't really know anything about her, just, but it adds to it. This is where, again, we need a little more story. Now, we got some backstory with these guys, right? That, you know, I mean, they knew the Young Bucks at one point. But, you know, like, okay, I know you guys aren't in high school. So I mm-hmm. got to have a reason to want to know why you're dressing up like you are. And, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's got to be some sort of connection to why these guys are here and why they dress like that and something like that. So uh, I, I'm looking for a little more still, but I like the spotlight they got. Yeah, I, I do, too. Uh, I like that we're building out. We got some matching jackets here. We got some some move sets that make us more of a team. I still like to your point. We're not in high school, so I need a little bit more of what we're doing. But a cheerleader helps gives that a uh, gives that a uh, spirit squad vibe. If we ever want to turn them this, heel, well, th- I think they need to go heel be- for that reason, right? Because we know you're not in high school, but everybody hates the people who live off their high school glory. And if you got a cheerleader who's giving people the little how's your father or the Kansas City cunt punt once in a while to try to help you out, you know, I'm down for that. I'd rather yeah. have that. So what do you think, though, on the opposite end? We've talked about the Varsity Blondes. Now let's go over to the Young Bucks. They're doing their same shtick, you know, the the silly wearing the $10,000 Jordans, apparently. Um, what, what what do you think about what they're doing? I like, I like this here, you know, again – when they're coming out and they're being what they're leaning into what everybody says they are, then they do that very well, right? They are heels that I want to boo. I don't like think they're the cool heels that I kind of like, like I don't like them. I can tell they're hiding their receding hairlines mm-hmm. and they don't look tough when they're acting like they're going to kick everybody's ass. So that makes you really dislike somebody, right? When you see a scrawny little bastard who's like, Oh, kick your ass. You're like, bro, no, you will not, right? So I, I think all that fits well. I, I had no complaints in that regard. Yeah, I just don't know if I would have put this match in the main event. I don't know. 
you know, the, the fan that watches AEW isn't the wide-eyed, what is this, pro wrestling? Right now, in the point that AEW's in, they're, they're still the the smarks, right? The, the IWC is watching the AEW product. So I don't know if I would have put this match in the main event because we kind of knew that the Young Bucks were going to retain. So there wasn't really a lot of suspense, high stakes as the blood and guts match or any, you know, past title match with Darby Allen and Miro. So I don't know if I would have put this in that spot for that reason, but it was still a fun segment. Back out to the live chat. Jeremy Smith said uh, they, they both played college football, but they don't mention that on the broadcast and they should, and they absolutely should. And I think they should turn heel and go Al Bundy with it. Like remember I scored four touchdowns in one game. People are like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Yeah, like fuck, dude, you played in fucking Division Two, like or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Nobody fucking cares. It's like when, yeah. when uh, in the Four Horsemen, like thing, I think, and and Lex Luger was like, "I'm tough. I grew up in Chicago," and Sting was like, "You grew up in the fucking suburbs of Chicago, man. <laughs> like, like, shut the fuck up." <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are you talking like, about? I can't remember. Like, yeah, he didn't I say shut the fuck up, but he was like, th- "That's you where grew we go up in the suburbs, dude." Like, he was like, "Come on," like, he was like, "You know that's not true." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. I and I like yeah, the 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 visual of the varsity blondes is there. I just like like Jeremy Smith said, I didn't know that they played uh college football, so that needs to be told to me as as a viewer. Uh but again, the the main event was what it was. The Young Bucks obviously we knew we were going to retain, so they retained. Not a lot of high stakes, but we get some fun at the very end. So, uh the Young Bucks celebrating the victory. Ha 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 ha. ha. They get jumped. Yes. By oh, John yes. Moxley yes. and Eddie Kingston. Uh, and they kicked the Young Bucks' ass. And we finally got Eddie Kingston and John Moxley stealing their shoes. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. it. And yeah. here's the thing that you learned from this segment. Eddie Kingston's done this before. <laughs> yeah. John Moxley hasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there yeah. was a there was a quick process from eddie and there was a long drawn out process from john kingston had both shoes and the socks (laughs) in hand before moxie had one shoe untied he had he knew the value in the socks even (laughs) yeah kingston's like bro come on i thought this was great uh again a fun way to end the show i may have put this in a different spot maybe again give Sheeta a little bit more fire and put that in the main event i don't know but uh overall really fun episode from my end tim what did you think yeah i love the episode i like the stealing of the shoes i mean you can't go wrong on a pro wrestling show if you steal some shoes i, I don't know what else well especially from the jackasses who want to keep telling you how cool their fucking shoes are that's the thing like it made sense from a storyline it wasn't just like why are these guys taking shoes it's because these fucking douchebags over here, young bucks, keep on putting it in my face that they got all these fancy shoes. So you know what? Mm, I'm Robin Hood there, bitch. I'm fucking taking their shoes and saying, you know, suck it sideways while I take off. So I like it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, and I'm looking for I, – I want them to wear the shoes next week and or – like during this eventual showdown match, right? I want Mox mm-hmm. and Kingston wearing the shoes and the Young Bucks all pissed off because that's something they'll do well. Like if they fucking spaz out on Mox and Kingston getting one over on them, like the the Young Bucks will play that role well. I think you mentioned this to me in, in a private chat, uh, but uh, yeah, if they wear the same size shoes 
and yeah. and can yeah that would be that would be perfect mm. I, would, I would love it yeah all right tim so that's aew got some big news happening and obviously dynamite let's flip it to the other end of the spectrum wwe what do well, you got for us i don't know if we hit this in the uh news necessarily um because I think we kind of breezed over it, but uh, we got some releases from the WWE mm. NXT world. Specifically, a racist asshole lost his job. So there's that. We like that. God, what a weirdo. What's his name again? Wurtz? Drake Something? Wurtz. Drake Wurtz. Drake Wurtz. God, sounds like a. His Wurtz. name is Drake Wurtz from now on. Yeah, I agree. This guy, from all accounts. Up until 2016, Sasha Banks was loving him. Bailey was loving him. Charlotte was loving him. Uh, Bo Dallas was a big fan. All these people. Big E was, you know, Justin signing on some big things. fan of our show. You know, hosts his own podcast. He liked the guy. Yeah, he told me like this one's a shocker to him. And then, man, that cult hit him fast, and mm. he is fucking in the deep end. He's deep with cult. just the dumb shit that i just don't get he's deep cult very deep this cult, is sad. this is the type of thing honestly let's take the jokes out of it for just a quick second this is one of the firings that almost concerns me in this regard he can do all the stupid shit and make it a bad work environment for wwe but we know for the most part where he is what's he what he's doing Right. Somebody's now that he's not him. Em- yeah, yeah. Now that he's not employed, well, now where the fuck is well, he? And from some of his comments, it sounds like his wife is not necessarily like she's on the deep end as well, maybe. Yeah. And so, yeah, some of these things can make these issues worse. And uh, you know, you can only hope for the best for folks. But I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like we got to talk about this guy too much longer anymore. You know. Yeah, so some other releases that uh, were a little bit surprising from the NXT side. Uh, Jessamyn Duke, mm. one of Ronda Rousey's close friends. Yeah. Uh, roommate of have, Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez on the Ultimate Horsemen Fighter. Now. Yeah, so we can't do that Horseman versus Horseman match as of right now. Maybe she gets re-signed. I don't know. Um, and then uh, uh, on top of that, we also got... Um, Alexander uh, Wolf. Alexander Wolf, who got kicked out of Imperium. Yeah. Thank you for covering mm-hmm. me on that yeah that happened uh, in nxt where they they worked that one into the storyline yeah yeah did so so was he released before and they're like hey just finish out this date i mean that's very coincidental well it may have been like a thing where they like you know maybe they were talking about contract negotiations and maybe said like this ain't working i'm not getting ahead and maybe he's like look oh. i'll do the thing on the way out or something and you know i mean the, oftentimes sometimes these things are amicable some yeah. people are like look I, i'd rather go home mm-hmm. maybe i'll show up and do some uk events dick, though you know? It would be if they're like, hey, so we're going to take you out of Imperium, but then you're going to go on this ride and you're going to end up facing Walter for the NXT UK championship. He's like, okay, let's do it. And then, Great. They're like, yeah, and then hey, you're <laughs> then, nah, never mind. Psych. Yeah, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Uh, you go with the Trump rumored, fan. You get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go with, I don't fucking like him. Yeah, you got to go, pal. Yeah, fuck him. Um, another, as of right now, it's just been. Uh, reported on, not confirmed by WWE, but Velveteen Dream, the biggest name from uh, the batch of releases. Velveteen Dream no longer with NXT. What do you think about that, reportedly? That one's a shocker. Um, Not necessarily a shocker. I mean, I, I feel like they tried a bunch of things and couldn't really do it. Albeit, again, I think Velveteen Dream is another one that's going to fall victim of got a character down, 
but we've had no real necessarily storylines, right? Like, so the Roman Reigns thing that's happening that we'll talk about is mm-hmm. anytime the Usos can spin off this storyline, anybody else in the Onawai family five years down the road can kind of revisit the head of the table idea. There, there can be this family dynamics in perpetuity now because we work this into a saga, right? Like we don't have, we're losing this art of like the saga, the feud, right? That carries over with like A happens, then B happens, which gets us to C, which gets us to D. We've lost a lot of that. And I think Dream needs that. Like we get mm-hmm. what the character is. Same the reason Bray Wyatt keeps falling victim to this. The character's great. The character is so faceted that could do so many storylines, but we've got none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and in in the case of Velveteen Dream, I felt like it was also a star that burnt bright and burnt burnt out fast because as quick as he was wearing the tights that says, call me up Vince and doing all that fun stuff, now he's getting released. Now, with that being said, the character was there, the storylines were not, but let's not, uh, not take into account the reported uh, off-screen allegations, reportedly, that were happening with Velveteen Dream. And I think that also had something to do with, all right, well, Velveteen Dream is getting uh, X-Pac heat, as they call it. Mm -hmm. Like He's not getting booed because he's doing a good job. He's getting booed because no one actually fucking likes this guy because we think he's a bad person. And so when you're in that spot and you don't have a storyline – Ah, so that's, and that's another reason why we may not see like I mean unless you you know maybe down like an impact or something but I doubt we see him on like an AEW. Um, oh, I yeah, I don't yeah. know. <sighs> you know, I think someone's gonna take a chance, right? He he is he, he has charisma, he has a look. Someone might say, "Hey, he's changed, right? He he did something that proved to me I I can bet on this guy." Because look. Big Cass, when he left WWE, he was nuclear, right? No one wanted to touch him at all. And now here he is an impact because he was able to kind of move past some of those demons in his life. Yeah. Maybe that can happen with Velveteen Dream. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a fast, hey, someone's taking a chance, right? I'm an upstart promotion. Velveteen Dream's a big name. Come check him out in, you know, Cincinnati or wherever. Spanish uh, Civil Wrestling. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. But him and a guy like, uh, oh, what was that big bastard's name um, with the big jaw? Yeah, easy for uh, you to say. Huh? Easy for you to say. Yeah. What? Who is that guy? Um, Lars Sullivan. There. Uh-oh. Yeah, Lars Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, Lars Sullivan and Velveteen Dream. Tough spots to be in because I don't think anyone really likes you, pal. Right. And so we'll see what happens to you and your future endeavors, mm-hmm. as they say. But mm-hmm. NXT, you want to talk about it real quick? Well, let's talk about what we actually had kind of in the WWE world. It was probably the biggest news is there was a pay-per-view that didn't fucking matter. Mm. Mm. Tim, uh, full transparency for the listener or viewer. Uh, that's watching or listening right now. We like to do a quick rundown of like, hey, let's let's get on the same pages. What we want to talk about, right? So we just hit some uh, bullet points and then we freestyle like a real promo, right? I did not know that we were going to talk about this, but let's fucking talk about this. Fucking zombies! Zombies is the only thing I have to talk about this WrestleMania backlash because again, all the matches happen. What fucking happened, Tom? 
nothing happened in the like this this pay-per-view was a throwaway and this was a commercial for Batista straight to Netflix movie like is that really what we did here and Batista didn't even like the tie-in <laughs> Batista didn't even fucking like it oh it, this okay when you lose the support of Blue Tista you've lost all hope that is true nothing has reigned truer than that so okay okay uh let me share my two cents <laughs> Tom, Let me share got, my two cents. Tom has to gather his thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Tom's got to calm down. His blood pressure spiked. He's got to breathe so, a second. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just share my two cents, and then Tim, I will give you the floor. But but here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. Zombies in pro wrestling are not a horrible thing to have. We have an undead wizard that we call one of the greatest of all time in Undertaker. We have a you know, demon, red demon and cane that's in the Hall of Fame. These things can exist in pro wrestling. I am not against any of the fun, weird shit in pro wrestling. The Firefly Funhouse, for example, was an yeah. amazing experience yeah. two WrestleManias ago, right? Fiend is nearly a zombie, right? Like, I mean, I... right. Yeah, he's doing He, he was burned alive and then just transformed powers. right before the word. Yeah. yeah. So. Here's why it fucking sucks. Yeah, he sucked. can put burns on somebody's face that only last a day. Right? Right. Fiend. Awesome. Fiend, yeah. But <laughs> zombies. Let's Okay, this is why it didn't make any fucking sense. Now, Tim, I talked to you a little bit about this um, messaging each other. But here's where here's my point of view. So, let's jump over to AEW real quick. AEW had a movie tie-in promotion. And it was Godzilla versus King Kong, the movie. So what they, they did, it. yeah. Well, what they did, though, is they took their dinosaur guy, kind of like a lizard, but their dinosaur guy, and then some fucking guys that think they're bears, and said, isn't this fun? Because it's a match where we're also promoting a lizard and a monkey, right? So, like, it kind of has the same synergy, right? That's all the same kind of world. Now, let's jump back over to WB. Again, zombies are fine. Not against zombies. But Damian Priest and The Miz have been beefing over Bad Bunny. Who is left? And that's fine. Bad Bunny's left. But nowhere in this exhausted, tired-out storyline were fucking zombies ever mentioned. Yeah, that's so uh, yeah. you can't just throw the curveball of now zombies are in the storyline because it makes no fucking sense. Right. We had nothing about like Batista showing up being like, I want a spot. And they go, you said you're retired. Can't have a spot. He's like, you give me a spot or I'm bringing some friends that I met in Hollywood. And they go, the fuck does that mean? We, you know, what are you gonna bring the right. rock? Like, fuck, get out of here. Mm -hmm. you know? And then he brings the zombies because that's his Netflix movie. Right. Or or. If the fiend was still involved with doing week to week storytelling and the zombies somehow bumped up against the fiend, okay, it's the same synergy. You know what I'm saying? It's the same weird kind of left field shit. But when a very generic celebrity storyline is Damien Priest and Bad Bunny, which Bad Bunny took off, versus John Morrison and The Miz. Nowhere in there is fucking zombies, man. That's so goddamn insulting as a viewer. Shout out to Ryan King on the 
uh, on the uh, live chat. He says, uh, "Zombies, <laughs> just it's fucking I don't dumb. Get it. I don't get it." And, and that's it. Like, like you say, we could if we built a story. I could write you a storyline, Tom. I know you could. You're really good at coming up with storylines on the fly. We could have storylines where over a couple months it involves storylines. But like, what the fuck happened here? And is the Miz gonna become a zombie? Like, did they eat the Miz? What the fuck happened here? And if we ate the Miz, why is no one not concerned? Yeah. Why is why is John Morrison the only guy who's kind of like, hey, man, guys, I used friend. to like the Miz and you ate him, goddammit. Like, why yeah. is that his only fucking... Yeah, well, I get that, just... like, nobody likes the Miz in the, in the bye, but, but nobody's still. even popping a bottle about it. Like, nobody's <laughs> even talking I... about it. <laughs> Our truth isn't be like, yeah, fuck that guy. I love that Miz is dead now. Like, no one. Yeah, where's Daniel Bryan with the fucking yes yeah. chance that he's like that would if while the zombies were eating the Miz, if Daniel Bryan would have came out and led a yes <laughs> chance, <laughs> that would have been the best thing ever. All yeah, right, it just but again, yeah. My two cents is zombies are fine. It made no sense to throw a left field thing for just shits and giggles into this thing. It was weird. It was left, to, and then it just—I mean, like I get—we were extending this Damian Priest storyline too long, anyway. But that doesn't mean you like kill it. You don't like embarrass it in front of everybody. That was a weird yeah. choice. And that why doesn't weird. he like like he's afraid of the zombies enough to like stay away from them? But yet after he wins, he doesn't like run to get away. He just like stands at the top of the stage and he's like. Hey, I guess I'm done with that. Have fun with the zombies. Like, what in the fuck? Yeah. And then, just zombies. Uh, and then, Dude. and then the zombies will eat you. Yeah. The zombies will eat you. Outside of the ring. But they will adhere to a lumberjack match and not go into the fucking ring. But didn't they go in the ring to eat them? Isn't that where they yeah. ate them? After the match. So the match is over and then they. So only they, after the, they're like Festus zombies. After the bell, the ring is no longer a fortress of impenetrable. Yeah. You know, oh. Festus zombies. God. God bless America. That was so (laughs) fucking maddening. Shout out to uh, Dave LaGreca on Busted Open Radio. He had a rant for the ages. Oh, I'll have to check uh, that out. His last rant I heard was great. That one on on the Bria Ripley Charlotte thing out there, whatever that was. You hear about the zombies one. Yeah. Woo. That had that had the makings of a of a depressed T Mac in a single state. You know what I mean? That was he was going to stomp real a Christmas tree out. Yeah, T-Mac that was that right stomp there. that Christmas tree kind of anger. I, oh, good job. All right, well, That's we're not going to top the zombies. And again, backlash was really. Hey, there was good matches. I'm not saying that there wasn't good sure. matches. The triple threat with uh, Lashley, Strowman, and McIntyre. Fun spots, good just, good moments. Meh. But again, like we had decent matches, but none of these were classic. Nobody's going to be like, man, I can't wait to rewatch Backlash 2021 and catch the whatever match. So the only thing people will ever remember when you remind them of this is the fucking zombies. So it's. Yeah. This, I said it on my personal Twitter. This was Robocop WCW bad. Where you yeah. don't remember anything about that fucking match except for RoboCop comes out of a damn uh, shark tank and walks yeah. up and beats up the horseman or whoever the fuck it was. Yeah, we're calling this episode Zombies. God, Jesus and Mary. So then uh, Raw, uh, well, it's the SmackDown. Uh, the uh, 
well, so this happened, what, slightly before then, I guess, mm-hmm. the backlash, mm-hmm. right? But the mm-hmm. Uso saga was continuing. Uh, I like how he was like, oh, you think I, you can do what I can, or you can do what I can do? He said to Uso 2, what is it, mm-hmm. Jimmy? Yeah. Jimmy. And, he, and he's like, go do it then. Go beat him. And he's like, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go beat him. And he didn't beat him. Where did, where did Where's the payoff here? If, if you were guessing, right, let's just be – fans of a of a tv show here for a second not trying to fantasy book do you but do you think they are going to have him just fall in line i don't think or... so i think they may give him the kind of the jay uso rub that they did to get him his little singles up there as well right have him go in and battle a bunch of these top name right he may face seth rollins and he may face whatever kind of show like he can mm-hmm. do it too yeah. and then it just really elevates the usos and then i think he will fall in line but i think eventually we'll get this blow down but this is what i'm talking about too with the story you can go so many different directions the usos could split and they could come back together later or the, and they could just be this giant pecking order forever like there's so many things we still have Damn. tamina tag team champion tamina who could be somehow yeah that would be fun you know I mean? they need some females look why why are only the men the evil person or evil or well, or who's the or it's not to me it's um yeah nine yeah. jacks is in the family so is Tamina, Well, right? she's Snooka, right? Is that in the same family? I believe so. All right. Yeah, I don't know. We don't fact I'm check. I'm guessing here. But Nia Jax is, fact check. as well. Yeah, yeah, we don't fact check. Fuck that. Facts are stupid. Uh, just look at the presidential race. Anyhow, um, here's where they're going to go, Tim. Mm. Figured it out. Guess who's the new tag team champions? We saw that at WrestleMania's Backlash. Mm. We got new SmackDown tag team champions. Ray Mysterio right. and Dominic Mysterio, the first ever father-son duo. Well, you know, they got to lose to some other fucking family members. They're going to lose to the brothers, the Heels, the Usos. Well, That's yeah, where we're going. I would like if they had the tag team titles while they're still having this little, you know, this little blow of words and stuff and Jimmy Uso not wanting to just, like, fall in line with and praise cousin you know roman like he's mm-hmm. like nah man look we're the tag champs like we don't need this guy right like I, I, I wouldn't mind that with the titles but i don't think it's gonna happen because they're gonna let ray and dominic do their thing for a little while i imagine so that's but that's what i'm thinking uh i think we're gonna have ray and dominic beat up on otis and chad gable and then beat up on ziggler and rude we're gonna do all that stuff and over here we're gonna have Jimmy and Jay fighting, fighting, fighting amongst each other. And then Jimmy is going to fall in line. And then we're going to get the Samoan dynasty. And then they're going to say, we're going after everyone. And we're starting with the little guy. Fuck you and your son. And then they go after him. And that's where you could even have them be the mercenaries that take out Dominic and Ray and you could stack them up. And then that's where Roman would just stand over them and like put his foot on them and just raise the championship. I'm talking about how he did it to a family. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. What does he say? Smash them, stack them and pin them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And that, that would be fun. I would like that. So that's where I think we're going, but very interesting. Smackdown, uh, the, the the Roman story is saving SmackDown. So they got some other fun things there, but that is the story of WWE. Is Shinsuke the new king of WWE? Well, are we doing a <laughs> king of the ring, though? Is that what we're doing? Oh, uh, will that lead to a king of the ring? I kind of like it? that. I, I, just, I just want Shinsuke to just have it. I wouldn't mind if I, they so like I. don't like put that thing on the line and have people wrestle for it. And, like... King Shinsuke, we we wanted the the United States of Nakamura, and they never yes. really went with it. Oh God! I but if we had that. the Kingdom of Nakamura, uh-huh. right? Shinsuke yes. King Nakamura. Oh, the merch. 
That's mm-hmm. a great idea. Well, too. and he'll play a king role like crazy, right? He can have loyal subjects running around. Ah, oh, and, and if you go back to you know his King of the Strong style, which he came into uh, WWE as, is the King of Strong style. You could mm-hmm. play on that. But I I think, again, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday night for people listening later. So we haven't seen SmackDown, which will happen tomorrow night. But my gut is Nakamura has a match with Baron Corbin, right? And then at the end, both guys kind of fall to the side and, you know, are done. And then another mid-card talent, let's just say for the sake of this story, it's Otis, right? Mm -hmm. Otis comes out, does his little worm on both of them, and then he grabs the thing and he puts it on his head. And he's like, I'm the king this week. And then we're going to get like, we have 10 kings here. We got to figure out who is, who is the king of Yeah, we're going to have ring. six fucks running around as a king yeah, all with of a crowns sudden. And, stuff. and everybody's going to be exactly. fighting over it. We're going to get that five-person in-ring promo. Yeah. Lather, then, rinse, repeat. Yep, there Lather, it is. Lather, rinse, repeat. Uh, speaking of, Kofi got two matches on Raw. He faced Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley. And he won both. Yeah. Interesting. You think they're going on another like let's let's try to recreate Kofi Mania? I would love it. I definitely would love it. Could be a better story than anything think, else they're really putting out there. I think on Raw. I mean, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I think the win over Randy Orton was just to further RK Bro. I think they're just going to be like blah, blah blah blah, and it has nothing to do yeah, with the new day. Exactly right. I think Kofi is going to fill the spot of Braun Strowman. Because breaking kayfabe here for a second, reading the dirt sheets, apparently Braun Strowman got pretty hurt at uh, mm. WrestleMania's backlash. So they need a third person to fill that got spot. That's backlashed. Yeah. And so who better than Kofi, right? Kofi can fill any spot you need on the, on WWE. So now he's doing this. Yeah, and I think New Day is going to move into a more, we're going after the title because we beat Lashley. Xavier Woods, MVP, going against each other in promos. I think we got all the fun there. I know it. I know it. We'll put this over the top. What this storyline needs, though. A trombone. Zombies. A fucking zombies. It needs zombies, Tom. Think about it. If we put zombies into this storyline, it'll be... Tim. Yeah. Tim. Yeah. You're you're a very intelligent person. One of the smartest people I've ever met legitimately in my life. Thanks. There are some times when you give me a point of view that I've never even considered, and it makes me a better person. Oh, nice. That's amazing. That is the dumbest fucking thing you've ever said. (laughs) I hate every word you said there. (laughs) Oh, I hate that. Zombies? Yeah. Hey, Ryan King agrees. He's back on with the zombies with more exclamation points now. So, like, I mean, I think think we're on to something here, right? Listen. Listen. You said I'm one of the smartest guys you know. Maybe you ought to take a chance. And looking at some zombies. All right. Well, what's not going to top zombies as much as it may try is that over on the NXT side of things, not only did Wolf get uh, out periumed, we got Bronson Reed winning the NXT North American Championship in a steel cage. Sans zombies. Yeah, thick boy. I I want them to keep. Yeah, they need to be colossal. It's not cool. He's not colossally short, but he's thick boy. Thick boy. Thick, thick boy, boy fits. I like mm-hmm. thick boy. Uh, 
this is a guy that we've kind of been paying attention to mm-hmm. for a couple months now. You know, he had that opportunity, uh, I believe, in that tournament where he won the qualifying match for the ladder match to become a North American champion, I think, at the time. Or maybe it was even the NXT championship. I don't really remember. Yeah. Again, we don't fact, yeah, we don't check. fact check. Yeah. But now, here's the payoff. Johnny Gargano drops the title again to another uh, hopeful standout in NXT's roster. We did it with Leon Ruff. That lasted for a hot second. Now we're doing it with Bronson Reed. Johnny Gargano is trying to get everyone over on the roster, so credit to him. But I think with Bronson Reed, uh, we, we got some meat on the bone, as they say. I think we can do some fun things. Again, he is a thick boy, so he's not going to be a pushover like Leon Ruff was. And so this is where I think we're going to do some fun. He might be a long-term champion. I don't think he's a transitional champion like Leon Ruff was just to get a pop rating. I think this is a, hey, this is a, this is a capital G guy in NXT. Now, with that being said, Johnny Gargano lost again the North American Championship. The Way is losing their way. Although we got them as the, 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 the women are still the tag team champs, right? Yeah. So they are, but I, I think Johnny, well, they have already hinted at this, like carrying cross has got his eyes set, you know, on, on Johnny for, you know, things he's done. So I think we may get this like Johnny unsuccessfully goes for the world title, which would be fine. I mean, Johnny Gargano looks like he's the guy there to kind of help get everybody on stable grounds. And maybe, maybe we don't see him get called up. Maybe he's that guy that's, you know what I mean? Just the regular. And that's down fine. There. Yeah. I, and, and look, I think now we're at a point in NXT's evolution where they're not a place where you get promoted. They're also on USA, just like Monday night raw. They're also, uh, you know, have talents like Ben. They also get a spot on this podcast. I mean, that's pretty, yeah, that's, that's pretty huge. So let's take a quick second. Hey, look, we we have three people watching this stream right now. Love it. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. NXT. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and thank you to the three people as well. Right. But let's take a quick second before we wrap up on NXT. I want to get your thoughts on Karrion Cross. Mm. So, he's back. He's back. Beats Finn he's Balor for black. the championship, right? Yep. Give me your thoughts. What are 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 you team Karrion Cross? Are you pa- again? You know stories like patient. Just having him show up and somebody says you and me doesn't feed into a character of a dark guy hiding in the shadows with a crow and a, and a, you know what I mean? A vampire like mm-hmm. wife. You know what I mean? We need more stories in that regard, which we're not getting here. Right. Like Velveteen dreaming. This guy would have been great. Yeah. You know, I think, but, Oh, that, it, that would be the, especially if you get the Velveteen dream that like mm-hmm. touches on sexuality right. kind of stuff with both of them. Yeah. That would have been fun. And then, I mean, there's, there's not a single zombie to be found anywhere. So this is just shit. God damn it, Tim. It's just shit. There's no zombies. Everybody knows you sprinkle in some zombies. A little zombie sauce. Ooh, zombie sauce. It's a good episode title. <laughs> God damn it, Tim. Sometimes you make me so you make me so mad. You want to go back in time and not do this episode this week? You want to skip over? Well, week? no, I just wanna I just wanna stop at AEW. Yeah, that's why we're <laughs> live, pal. You can't stop exactly. me now. <laughs> So, what I think about Karrion Cross is a lot of how I felt about Nakamura when he was in NXT, where there's a lot of bells and whistles. 
And Nakamura had a little bit more of a just cool superstar, right? And Karrion Cross, like to your point, is doing a little bit of like, is his wife a vampire? I don't fucking know, right? That kind of stuff. But I think he's a victim of the bells and whistles. And what I mean by that is that entrance is fucking cool. I love that entrance. It makes me want to watch it. But I don't know if I'm going to feel that way in six months. And if we're doing that in six months, it kind of feels like old hat. It kind of feels like the crowd singing Judas <laughs> over in AEW, you know? Uh, not, not, not that I don't like it, but I've kind of seen it too many times. So he needs, he needs a story now. Now we need to, and maybe this is where we get it with the way, because Johnny Gargano, again, is trying to get every single person over, it feels like, in NXT. And they have a good story. They got something good there with the way. I'm hoping that this is where we turn the quarter with Karrion Cross because everyone's high on him, right? Booker T said he's a main event guy. I think it was, um, you know, we got people praising him. Obviously, he's, I just, yeah, obviously he's a champion, but he just you, needs that zombie and then he'll be over the top. So that was the WWE NXT world of things or the universe, if you will. And something we like to do. Uh, is ask the fans. We, you know, a new thing that we've stumbled upon here is live chat with us while we're mm-hmm. streaming on the YouTube, and we'll interact with you there. But throughout the week, you can use on Twitter hashtag tweet the table. And normally, I queue up some graphics, I show some faces, I show some tweets, and I forgot because you know I was so it enthralled happens. with the zombies that I had to watch it seven times. Do you know what I mean? Priorities. So I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna do it like old times. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. At Devil Vamp says, I know there was a lot of hate for Backlash, hashtag WrestleMania Backlash, but goddamn, can we talk about that opening women's triple threat match off the chain, hashtag Tweet the Table. And you alluded to this. I mean, the wrestling there was solid. Yeah. Charlotte looked like Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhea Ripley did her I'm bigger than you kind of moveset. Asuka is fucking Asuka, right? She's going to be who she is. It was fine. The story leading into it sucked ass story out of it sucks ass but the wwe roster will always bail out this shitty fucking writing and that's where we just we gotta hold some well, them to a higher bar i think uh and and as our next tweet table and the only you know the only one we've got time for here is from at theo 70 is it five Theo75 says, I was not aware there was a hashtag WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view today. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag Cornette face. And, uh, I mean, you're right. Like, they didn't even, like, I mean, they just talked about, you know what I mean? It didn't even feel like a big deal again. Like, it just was like, WrestleMania Backlash. It's all the same kind of matches. And here we go. So, if you weren't really paying much attention, like, I forgot it was over the weekend. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. We forgot so much so that we like to do picks because it just fills time, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and yeah. we didn't do radio. it because we forgot it. Yeah. yeah. That's how bad WrestleMania is. We usually is use the pay-per-views for that because it helps us hit the review of the storylines, right? Here's the mm-hmm. storylines that matter. You're going to the pay-per-view. We'll talk about those. That's what happened. Yeah. Forgot all about it. And uh, it's it's like you said, they knew they know that like the talent will bail them out and they knew they had the zombies in their side pockets. So like they didn't even have to write anything. They had the zombies. I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like me? Do you like the zombies? No. Okay. Well, 
then I guess we'll leave it at that. Tom doesn't like me. Doesn't like the zombies. He just doesn't like anything. Tom's just a grumpy guy. No zombies, says Tom. No fucking zombies. The Spanish announce table.